listening to Impact Sports Daily, WDBM's daily rundown of all things sports. Good morning and welcome back to Impact Sports Daily. Today is Friday, October 1st. My name is Manit Patel. I'm here with Carter Fry, Carson Hathaway, and Jay DeCoster. We're going to recap Thursday night football and go over college football and NFL that's happening this weekend. We have a Many big games on tap for college football and the NFL, so we're going to go over that, And but we're going to start off with Thursday Night Football. Uh, let's hear you guys' thoughts on the Bengals' 24-21 win over the Jaguars. Yeah, I thought I thought Joe Burrow looked really good. You know, three, 348 passing yards for two touchdowns, 20, 25 for 32, um, and, I, and Evan McPherson to the game-winning field goal for them, uh, 24-21 the final. And I thought Joe Mixon looked solid. Um, and, you know, Joe Burrow, he is really good I, I thought he, you know week two against the bears he he wasn't good but a big bounce back game for him against the steelers and then the jaguars so a good start for him and then obviously trevor lawrence a, a solid performance last night and, and a closer game than usual for the for the jaguars i haven't been the biggest joe burrow fan he was a one-year wonder in college he kind of reminds me of sam bradford both number one overall picks both both don't have great powerful arms both maybe kind of injury prone, but and also the fact that Burrow had three consecutive interceptions week two against the Bears. But last night he did play really well, albeit it was against a poor Jaguars defense. And just looking at the Bengals overall, they have a lot of weapons. Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and even their tight end yesterday had two touchdowns and helped set up the game winning field goal. So it definitely is promising for Cincinnati that mm-hmm. they are off to a very surprising 3-1 and one start. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati looks great. But for Jacksonville, you got to be encouraged if you're a fan of the Jaguars because, you know, first two weeks, absolutely awful. But this week you get a little bit, you know, some encouragement there. You know, keeping it close with the 3-1 and one Bengals. You know, you lose on a game-winning field goal, obviously that's not ideal. Probably, you know, deflates the air in the tires a little bit. But – Moving forward, I think um, Jacksonville is looking better. You know, Urban Meyer in the locker room or in the press conference after the game, you know, saying how he's heart feeling heartbroken and how the team. He said there were some good guys in the locker room, so he's obviously trying, you know, his hardest to keep morale up at this point. But it is a little disappointing to finally have your first, you know, decent game of the year and then it ends on a game-winning field goal for the other team. So I, I was also impressed with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I thought he had his first decent NFL game, but yeah, the Bengals, Joe Burrow thrown for over 300 yards, you know, three and one. They're the real deal. Yeah, I agree. I think the Bengals really steadied their defense last night in lieu of Jesse Bates being missing. Um, I thought that was a big loss. That would make the game a lot closer. Bates is one of the best safeties in the NFL and carries that Cincinnati defense consistently. So him missing, I thought would make the game closer. But they rebounded really well in the second half after going down 14-0. The defense locked down, and the Bengals were able to outscore them 24-7. to So, I mean, when you can do that in the half, that's always a great thing. Yeah. Um, what have you guys thought about the Jamar Chase-Joe Burrow connection so far? Well, Jamar Chase really, really, really struggled in training camp and in preseason. A lot of drops. A lot of drops. Maybe that had something to do with he opted out of last college football season, so maybe he was a little bit rusty, but he's looked really, really, really good so far this year. A lot of people, including myself, thought they should have taken the Oregon O-lineman instead of chasing the draft. Yeah, that has nothing to do with 
how good Chase is because he's very good. More so had a, more so to do with that. People think that Sewell is going to be a Hall of Famer one day, and offensive line is obviously more important than wide receiver, and the Bengals could use help on the O-line. But despite all those things, Chase has looked really good so far and has helped the Bengals off to a 3-1 and one start. Yeah, I think Joe Burrow and, um, and Jamar Chase, that chemistry is really clicking so early so far in the season. And I think that's obviously has to do with you know being at LSU together. But, you know, they have been, I believe Jamar Chase has like four touchdowns already. It's been really good chemistry with them so far. So, you know, hopefully it can continue. Yeah. I was just, I just, a tweet just popped up on my feed saying Jamar Chase has four total touchdown yep. catches. Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts, Devontae Smith, Kadarius Toney, and pretty much the rest of the receiving class from that draft. Have Elijah a combined, Moore, too. Yep, Elijah Moore, Dwayne Eskridge, Terrence Marshall have a combined three. Wow. Dang. I mean, so, it's looking to pay. It, it, so far, it's paying off for them. Like I remember on draft night, I wanted them to take Panay Sewell just because you got to protect Joe Burrow. And you remember right. the injury he had last year, the torn ACL. Very scary. And that offensive line. Think... You know, the offensive line is still not still not great. But you know, having having another receiver to complement with him with T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and C J Amuzama, and that you know that's 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 a deadly receiving core they have. Yeah, I mean, speaking of college football, speaking of LSU, we have lots of big games this weekend. Starting off with tonight. I um Iowa's a top five team in the country right now, ranked going into their matchup with Maryland. Both teams are undefeated. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that game? Yeah, I think you know the Maryland's doing the blackout for this game. It's it's gonna be a hostile environment out there at uh at College Park, and I think it's a tough game for Iowa. You know, the, Iowa's really good defensively. You know, Trap game. what they did against Indiana and what they did against um other teams. I can't who who do they beat. Iowa. Iowa State. Iowa State. They yeah. they, they shut win. them down, and I think Maryland. They're a pretty underrated team with Talia Tagovailoa and all the rest of those guys out there. I think it's going to be a pretty close game here for uh, for Maryland and Iowa. Yeah, I will say I think it's a really interesting choice that they're doing a blackout against Iowa yeah. of all teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of weird because you know Iowa's you know top five team black. in the country. Yeah, I mean Maryland. Exactly. Yeah, Maryland. I. You know, you got yellow in there too, so you couldn't do that. But red, I would think, is you yeah know, against Iowa. That's the go-to. But go if it works tonight, you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah, um, fr- Friday night game. We'll see how that goes. I believe I believe um Iowa's like a three-point favorite here, so Vegas thinks it'll be a pretty close game. So moving on, yeah, you Mich Michigan plays Wisconsin this weekend. Another big game. Wisconsin has struggled so far. Losses to Penn State, Notre Dame, um, but they're still a strong team. They still have one of the best defenses in the country, and this is a Michigan rushing attack that really has not been challenged yet. So it'll be a big test for not only that rushing attack, but Wisconsin's defense to see if they can rebound and kind of set their season back on track. This is definitely a, a game to keep an eye on. Michigan has played well so far this year, but they haven't been tested too much and plus you have to also remember the fact that all their games so far have been in Ann Arbor this is the first time they're going True. on the road and Wisconsin is not Wisconsin is not Wisconsin is not an easy place to play at and you also have to consider the fact that Michigan has struggled on the road against Wisconsin in years past albeit Wisconsin has not looked good at all this year they lost to Penn State week one and they got absolutely obliterated by Notre Dame last Saturday and I really don't think that Notre Dame team is anything special because they almost lost to a terrible Florida State team and they had another close showdown after that Uh, what do you guys think about yeah Yeah, Toledo yeah I think you know for Michigan 
you know, that's a house of horrors where they play in the Camp Randall. They I believe they got blown out two years ago yeah. in 2019. Wisconsin, Wisconsin still holds the spread line by two points. So, really? Yeah. You know, it's because, you know, it's just Graham Mertz, it's, he's holding that team back. You know, one one touchdown, six interceptions. Oof. And for Michigan, Ball you know. Jack Cohn's balling out at Notre Dame, too. Exactly. And, you know, for Michigan, you Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins, that rushing attack is really scary. And, you know, what they do – you know what they do with rushing in that offensive line. I, I think Wisconsin's going to be tested, but you know I think Wisconsin's got a shot here at home, and I think they can have a chance to have a bounce back game. I mean, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think between the two teams here, Wisconsin has a lot more to win slash lose. They have a lot more on the table here, so I think they're going to be playing for something. Michigan, obviously, they're going on the road. It's going to be a tough test. If I had to choose a winner in this one, I'm probably going Wisconsin just because they're at home, but. Because they're also playing for a lot more than Michigan is, so that definitely factors in. I think I'm taking Wisconsin in this one. Hey, why do you think Wisconsin's playing for more than Michigan? Michigan's undefeated. Wisconsin's one Th- and that two. That is true. Michigan, they're higher ranked, but I think Wisconsin, in terms of they're sitting at one and two. If they can beat Michigan, then that kind of flips the script on the season. But if they have back-to-back losses to Notre Dame and Michigan, that just kind of shuts them out for the whole year. I think. And kind of gets people to stop talking about them all together. But if they, you know, put on a show, you know, beat Michigan, I, I think their season kind of flips a little bit. Agreed. Uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, going to be a great game. Next up, we have Auburn and LSU. Another pretty good game. A lot of Auburn fans have been calling for former LSU quarterback TJ Finley to start over Bo Nix going into this weekend. Thoughts on that? Do you think that's the right place for him to start off his career as an auburn quarterback you know going 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 into an environment you know like lsu a a night game against a ranked team you know former stadium exactly you know bo nix you know obviously hasn't been great but you know i I think you gotta stick with bo nix here you know he's the most the more experienced quarterback and you know auburn with lsu and i think lsu can be able to pull this out you know auburn i don't think honestly just don't think they're that good so i I don't, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but you know, I think, I think Auburn could, could have a shot or LSU. So I think this game is going to be very telling for Coach O. We all know the story. A couple years ago, they won the national title with Joe Burrow, Joe Brady, and a whole bunch of other first-round picks. Last year was a struggle, and they opened up this season losing on the road to UCLA, and now they host Auburn at home, who's probably just a decent team. If LSU is able to win, you could think they could get back in the mix in the SEC West, but losing at home to just a decent Auburn team, that really wouldn't be a good look, especially after winning the national title a couple years ago. So if LSU wins, maybe they can like get back into the mix in the SEC West, but if they lose, it's really not going to be a good look. I mean, the winner of this game is going to get a spot somewhere between 20 to 25 in the rankings, and the loser drops out because yeah. LSU is currently not ranked, and – Auburn sitting at 22. So, I mean, that's the reality of what's going to come out of this game, but we'll have to see. These are both teams with sky-high expectations going into the season. Both of them have kind of flopped out at mm-hmm. this point. And with the way teams like Ole Miss and Arkansas are performing in the SEC, and Kentucky too even, like they've already fallen too far back to make up that kind of ground. Two losses right. in the big in the, in the SEC is kind of hard to make up any way you slice it. It means Alabama has to lose twice, and – can't really ever count on that. So mm-hmm. Auburn and LSU are really just playing for themselves, and that's 
when teams become dangerous because they have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have Baylor and Oklahoma State, two pretty good teams going into this weekend. Baylor's coming off a big win against Iowa State. Oklahoma State has just been playing well. Spencer Sa- Sanders at quarterback. What do you guys think about this game? Yeah, Oklahoma State coming off of a nice win against Kansas State. I believe it was like, what, 31-13, the final or something? Yeah. You know, two teams coming off of nice wins. You know, there's a big game in the Big 12, you know, determined to determine you know, who who is for real. So I think Oklahoma State pulled, pulls this one out, in my opinion. Um, you know, but who knows? It, it could go any other way with two, two teams that are, you know, fighting to – you'll find an identity for themselves. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Big 12 right now, you still have four teams that are undefeated, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas. Two of those are playing tonight, so we'll at least have one more team, you know, get off that undefeated list in the Big 12. So I I, I probably got Baylor, but we'll, we'll have to see how that pans out. Yeah. Carson, your thoughts? Well, the Big 12 is kind of wide open because although Oklahoma is undefeated, they really have looked really underwhelming so far. Their offense hasn't been the same as it has been in years past, and they had a really close game against Tulsa Week 1 and West Virginia this past Saturday. And then you factor in Iowa State, who's really struggled this year despite the high preseason expectations. So the winner of the Baylor-Oklahoma State game could potentially find themselves competing for the Big 12 crown. Come December, yeah. which would be nuts. Um, next up, we have Cincinnati and Notre Dame. Huge game. Top two, five or top 10 matchup. Top 10 yeah. matchup. Two very good teams. Notre Dame's relied on their defense more. Cincinnati, you know, Desmond Ritter at quarterback. Both teams undefeated. How does this, if Cincinnati wins, how does it affect them for the playoff race? Oh. I was just about to ask all of you guys that same question because they have a showdown against a top 10 team in Notre Dame. If they win that, you'd assume they'd go undefeated the rest of the way. And with that win against Notre Dame, it'd be kind of hard to leave them out if they're undefeated. But it also depends on how everyone else does, I think. We can assume that Alabama is going to make it, but the typical powerhouses like Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, they have not looked the same at all this year. So it really also depends on how everyone else does. But if Cincinnati does finish undefeated, they will have a case. Uh, Yeah, this game is the most important game on the schedule for Cincinnati. Like, If you win this game, you have a really good chance. Yeah, exactly. And... You know, the game against Indiana, they dominated them at, at, at Indiana. I know Indiana is not what what we thought they were in the, coming, in, coming into the season, but Cincinnati, this game will determine, you know, who they are. And if, you know, if they lose and Notre Dame, you know, figures it out, you know, Notre Dame shows us that they're not they're not the team that, you know, almost lost to Toledo and Purdue. Um, I think, you know, you know, we'll have to see. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati, do you think – I think it depends on how many teams in that top five lose going on throughout the rest of the year. But if Cincinnati beats Notre Dame and finishes the year undefeated, do you think that the committee is going to put them in there? In I, the conference I think they have a good shot, yeah. I think if Notre Dame can remain above nine wins, uh, that, that, going into South Bend and knocking off Notre Dame should be enough. For a group of five team, they play SMU too, who's also undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um, down the line, UCF, who hasn't been great. Dylan Gabriel got hurt, but um, they they have a shot. Should they just continue to play well, regardless of 
who the opponent is. Yeah, it's funny. They're going to be rooting for Notre Dame every game of the year after this. After this, yeah. Mm -hmm. Next up, we have Ole Miss and Alabama. Another huge game this weekend. Nick Saban is 23-0 against his former assistants. Lane Kiffin is a former Nick Saban assistant. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on this game? This Huge. Is, this is definitely a game to keep an eye on. Last season when Ole Miss wasn't nearly as good, they gave Alabama a real run for their money. And that's both the quarterbacks in these games are in this game is our must-watch TV. Bryce Young, he, he has a lot of arm talent. He's a good decision maker, and he's very athletic. As for Matt Corral, I think he should be the first taken, first QB taken in this upcoming draft. And right now, he might be the Heisman front runner. So this could be a good game to watch. Yeah, for Lane Kiffin, it's a very important game. Obviously, you said twenty-three. Nick Saban twenty-three and all against his assistants. This is the game that Lane Kiffin can prove that he is for real at Ole Miss. And you know, I don't think it's gonna happen because Alabama just rolls everybody, but. You know, we'll have to see because, you know, you know, Ole Miss with a high-powered offense and, Mac, like you said, Matt Corral, you know, a potential top top pick in this year's NFL draft. And we'll have to see against that really good Alabama defense how they can do. I mean, when Alabama's playing anyone that's not, like, the two or three-ranked team in the country, you always just think, well, they're going to win, they're gonna right? Win. They're exactly. going to win. But every once in a while, they it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And, it, you know, Ole Miss gave them a run for their money last year. They're ranked 12 this year undefeated. I mean, it. this could be the week. The this big, could be the week. The biggest difference for Ole Miss this year compared to the team last year is their defense. Defensively, they've played so much better. While they haven't played teams that are as good yet um, prior to playing Alabama last year, their defense has really showed up in the games they've played. And with that offense, with Matt Corral at quarterback, the Heisman frontrunner, like, you never know what to expect. I think Ole Miss has a legitimate shot at beating Alabama this week. The spread of that game is still Alabama by 14.5. Of course. <laughs> uh, which is ridiculous, but it's also Alabama. Right. So, but I would think Ole Miss is a very sneaky upset pick this weekend, and they do have a shot. I, I take them to cover in this one, 14 and a half. But that's the thing, Alabama, they – You never you never know. They, they can just no score clue. three touchdowns at the end of the third quarter like that. Yeah, like, they yeah. can just – their yeah, offense it, can yeah. put up money whenever. And mm. Ole Miss, I still think, will have a decent shot this weekend. Kentucky versus Florida. Another big SEC game. We have lots of huge SEC games this weekend. Kentucky versus Florida. Both teams are undefeated. Florida is ranked much higher. Kentucky is unranked. However, Kentucky still played good. Yeah. They played really well. And... Even keeping things close against Florida, I think, should merit a top 25 spot. Exactly. You know, Kentucky, very good defense. Um, you know, I think I think if they can you know, go into the swamp in a hostile environment and just you know, keep it close against a really good Florida team, we'll almost beat Alabama, for crying out loud. And I think you know, Kentucky has a really good shot, again, with that with that good defense, you know, to go in the swamp and, and get a win. I don't know. Seeing Florida play Alabama that close – I don't know that I'm gonna bet against Florida like very often the rest of the year. They they that was a really impressive game for me, and I think that if Ole Miss does get a close game against Alabama, I think it's we're gonna see a similar type of game there. But F Florida Kentucky this week, I, I think Kentucky might be a little overhyped. I, I I think that Florida will handle this one pr relatively easily. 
I said I said the swamp. It's actually at Kentucky, so my bad. Oh. But <laughs> so it's even more even more of a possibility for Kentucky to get a win. So it does yeah, who knows? A bit. It does change things a bit. Huge opportunity for them. Last game yeah. we have for college bo- football this weekend, arguably one of the biggest, Arkansas versus Georgia. Arkansas is coming off a huge win. Yeah. Against Texas A and M, they shocked quite a few people with that win. Georgia has been, in my opinion, better than Alabama this year. Uh, that win over Clemson to start things off and just the doesn't way... doesn't look too good anymore, but... Yeah, this is true. It doesn't look as hot anymore as it did beginning of the season, but Georgia has still looked very dominant uh, throughout the year. And just give your thoughts. Uh, this is a really big game, obviously. Sam Pittman has done an arm- unbelievable job for Arkansas so far this season. They, uh, they really... Um, they really dominated against Texas uh, week two, whose overall the Longhorns have looked really good this season. And just last week, they dominated against a really good Texas A&M team, and now they're going on the road at Georgia. I believe right now Georgia is favored by 18 and a half, which does seem like way too much in my opinion, especially since Georgia is obviously a great team, but they're not in a super explosive offense. That's not really the way they play, and plus you – have to consider the fact that JT Daniels isn't 100%. I think Georgia should be favored, especially since because they're at home, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Arkansas is a very good team. Yeah, what Sam Pittman has done with uh, with Arkansas is just amazing. Like, I remember a few years ago, they were just at the bottom of the SEC, you know, nothing going well for them, and they bring in Sam Pittman. He's, he's really, you know, transformed that program. And I think, you know, with game day in, in Athens, you know, n- number two, number two team in the country against the number eight team, and eighteen and a half point favorite seems a l- favorite seems a little big. You know, I think Arkansas can keep a little closer. Um, you know, Georgia with that really good defense, just just destroying everybody on on the on the defensive side of the ball. So we'll have to see. I, I think Georgia, you know, wins by ten or more here. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm probably with you there on the score, but coming in Arkansas and Georgia, they've both been blowing out all their opponents that they should beat. You know, Arkansas coming in with wins over Texas and Texas A&M. And then um, Georgia obviously beating Clemson in week one with that insane game. So both teams definitely have some quality wins on their resume. Nothing to shy at here. There's no real necessarily questions as to if they can play. You know, this, I think, is the game of the week for me personally. Two versus eight. You know, it it, it is a noon game, so maybe the Ole Miss-Alabama game gets more attention. But I think this will be... You know, one it, of the best it, games. One of the best weekend. games. It'll be close going down to the fourth quarter. They might win, you know, one of the teams might win by one or two touchdowns. I'll probably take Georgia, though. Let's hear it for the return of Arkansas sports. Not only is Arkansas yeah. basketball, basketball come back in yeah. Wood Bay, yeah. but Made football, it. too, is now back. Like, <laughs> good stuff for them. Moving on, we have even more football Sunday. Um, lots of big games, big teams on tap. What are some teams you guys have been impressed with, unimpressed with? So, so I really like how the Cowboys are looking so far. Week one, they almost beat Tampa Bay on the road, and we know how good the Buccaneers are. Week two, they went on the road in L.A. and defeated a really good Chargers team. And just this past Monday night, they looked great against the Eagles. They're 2-1, and one, and I think they're by far the best team in the NFC East. They have a very explosive offense of Dak, Zeke, Tony Pollard, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. And their defense was horrendous last season but it seems like it's gotten much better they have a new defensive coordinator in dan quinn so if their 
offense can play up to their talent level, and if their defense can just keep improving, they have the potential to be a very, very dangerous team. Yeah, you know, I think for me, it's the Arizona Cardinals. You look what they've done with the with on the offensive side of the ball with with Kyler Murray, what he's doing. He's playing a playing like a video game out there, and also on def, on defense with J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones having five sacks in Week One, and Buda Baker back there. You know, and Byron Murphy. The Cardinals are a team. You know, I'm not a big Cliff Kingsbury believer, but nor I th- am I. <laughs> yeah, but I think, but I think if if Cliff Kingsbury can you know, get, get, keep his team where, where, where they're at. And you know, they're playing a Rams, a really good Rams team that you know, might win the Super Bowl. You know, I, I think the Cardinals, if they, if they can win this game th- this weekend, they are for real. And I would say for my disappointment, it'd probably have to be the Chiefs so far. I know it's, I know it's only, you know, what, it's only week four, but you know, you lose, you lose the Chargers on, at home and you're one and two. This is a must win game for the Chiefs against the, on the road at, at Philly. I will say Carolina has been a team I've been yep. really impressed with. That Sam Darnold trade has paid off in a big way for them. Um, and their defense has looked phenomenal. The number one rushing defense in the NFL so far. Which will be interesting when they play the two-headed monster of Zeke and Tony Pollard this weekend. Um, but I think Carolina has a shot. Has a really good shot to win that game. That defense is really hard to stop. In the addition of C.J. Henderson, very underrated trade move. Trading a third-round pick for a player who was drafted ninth overall is is a steal, generally, especially mm-hmm. when he's two years out of the draft, too. Um, I think I, I don't know what the Jags were doing there, but I thought it was a great move for the Panthers. Um, and a team I've been disappointed with, I'd say, are the Steelers. Um, Big time. Yeah. You know, not many people were high on them. I personally wasn't high on them going into the year, but I did not expect them to play this bad. It's been pretty anemic. Funny thing though. is, they look good week one. They did. Yeah, they, they looked, beat the Bills. They but... looked pretty good week one. They beat the Bills. You know, stopping Josh Allen is no minor feat. And then they've just proceeded to play worse and worse. And the offense is not moving. Najee Harris was their leading receiver last week. 14 receptions for 102 yards. It sounds like a check down nightmare. Time for Big Ben to hang it up. Against yeah. the Bengals defense, I think, yeah, it's going to be Big Ben's swan song Big this ben, year, whether cooked. he likes it or not. And I don't think he should have came back last year personally. But I think Pittsburgh is a team that I've personally been very disappointed in. Yeah, yeah I would Sorry. say so too. But uh, my, a team that I've been impressed with, like um, Jack said, it, they've been in the – Oh, Jay. Jay. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> sorry. So, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Jay, so, like Jay said earlier, the Rams could win the Super Bowl very easily. Yeah. And I was not expecting them to look this good this year. Jalen Ramsey is shutting down the opposing team's best wide receiver every week. I'm a DeAndre, I'm a DeAndre Hopkins fantasy owner, and I'm scared crapless this week. So, um, the Ra- yeah, the Rams, Aaron Donald, obviously still like probably the best defensive player in the game. Um, Matthew Stafford looks absolutely phenomenal, something that I think came totally out of the blue this year. And see, um, I'm going to on this for Henderson, Daryl Henderson, um, mm-hmm. great out of the backfield. Three and zero. I think that they're winning this week against Arizona, even though I think Kyler Murray will finish as the MVP this year. It'll be close. I think it'll, the game might get into the 30s and 40s, be up there in you know the high scoring. Um, but then one team I am disappointed with this year is my hometown Bears. Um, just, I mean, it's just been a total mess. The front office, Matt Nagy, how we're handling everything, the Justin Fields offense, 
you know, the Andy Dalton saga, who's still apparently our QB one when he's back, which is unbelievable. But I mean, yeah, Fields the, is not ready at all, as are like probably none of the rookie quarterbacks. No, but I, for me, I blame this more on the game plan and them not develop and them focusing so much on Andy Dalton first, and then when he gets hurt, they're just like, oh, I guess we're not, we we're, have, we're not ready. We have for Justin it. Fields we can use, but let's not use yeah. him. Nine sacks, like that's not all. That on I mean, what I mean, what doesn't make sense at all is that they obviously deemed Fields isn't re wasn't ready because they didn't start him week one. But Dalton gets hurt, but they decide to put Fields in. But Dalton getting hurt doesn't automatically mean Fields, Fields is, is ready. ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, why not put Nick Foles in? Because Dalton getting hurt shouldn't change your stance on Fields. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Bears fan, too, and it's been a total train wreck, like like you said, uh, Carter. They, Matt Nagy, the way he game plans is just like, I want to blow my brains out. <laughs> the, way he, the way he doesn't use Fields, like roll him out of the pocket and stuff he just never does that he just puts him in the shotgun saying oh here you go with a terrible offensive line you know not not doing anything against that browns pass rush with miles garrett having like what four and a half sacks and the, the team having nine sacks um yeah it's just a total mess you know i think you know for this offseason for the bears you know they don't have their first round pick you know it's this offseason is going to be like you know fire naggy fire ryan pace and get fields developed properly and get a coach that can you know utilize his strengths so all right, and to cap things off with today's episode, we're going to make a few NFL picks for this weekend. Starting off first, we have on the slate the Chiefs and the Eagles. Pretty interesting game. Chiefs are 1-2. and two, Eagles are 1-2. and two. Not something we expected going into this matchup, um, but give us your thoughts. I'm taking the, the Chiefs in this one. I think the last two losses are going to be very motivating to them this week, so I'm, I'm taking them. Not much to say here. The Chiefs are obviously going to be playing very angry coming off of a two-game losing streak, and the Eagles have not looked good at all outside of week one. So I think the Chiefs are going to just blow out the Eagles. Yeah, the Chiefs are a lock. I mean, like with Mahomes, one and two, there's a must-win game for them. The Eagles just, you know, there's their rebuilding team. So yeah. one, well, one and two Mahomes is game six clay right now. This is yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> that's a good good <laughs> analogy right there. I think the same thing. Um, while Philly is still a dangerous offense, their defense isn't there yet, and they won't be able to stop everything yeah. the Chiefs can throw at them. Josh Gordon. Josh now. Gordon too. <laughs> Very interesting signing. When's he gonna get? When's he gonna get suspended again? I'm that'll waiting be, for that. That'll be. <laughs> It'll be an, an interesting move to see with the offense because Gordon hasn't been in the league for a while. Oh, no. Gordon's going to be great for the four games he plays yeah. for them. Yeah. <laughs> so next game that we'll be picking is the Panthers and the Cowboys. Cowboys 2-1. and one. We discussed this a little bit earlier. Panthers are 3-0. and oh. Dallas is favored by four and a half points. Who do you guys got in that game? I like Dallas in this one. I think Dallas's offense is way too explosive, and I think – Look, the Panthers have been a nice three and zero team, but I mean, let's be real. Who have they really played? I mean, the Jets and the and the Texans. Um, I mean, I'm, no disrespect to all the Panthers fans out there, but you know, I'm I'm not a Cowboys fan either. But I think the, I think that Cowboys offense is pretty too, way too explosive right now, in my opinion. As a former Jet fan who disowned them, I just got tired of dealing with the nonsense. I'm rooting for Darnold to do really well in Carolina. But McCaffrey's out. The Cowboys have looked really well, like I alluded to earlier. The game's in Dallas, so I'll have to pick the Cowboys in this one. Yeah, Cowboys lock for me. I have no faith in the Jets whatsoever. Agreed. Um, Next pick we have up is the Cardinals and the Rams. Both teams are undefeated in the NFC West. 
highly competitive division. Most likely the best in football so far. Oh, yeah, I, no doubt. I would say. Um, They're my tattoo. The Rams are favored by four. I believe they are hosting this weekend. They are hosting. Yep. So, four o'clock game. Who you guys got winning? I'm going to take the Rams just because I think they have way, they have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron, and Aaron Donald back there on defense, you know, to contain DeAndre Hopkins and to contain Kyler Murray. I think Matthew Stafford's playing out of his mind, and I think he is an MVP candidate. So, yes, I will take the Rams. I'm also taking the Rams. It's in L.A., and I trust the Rams' defense way more than I trust Arizona's defense, and I think there's a giant coaching mismatch between McVay and Kingsbury. Kingsbury is a guy who had a losing record, a losing record of Patrick Mahomes in college, and it's not like he helped develop him because if he did, Mahomes would have been like first overall or something like that, but instead he was like 12th or 13th in the draft. So when people use the argument, oh, he coached Mahomes, that like doesn't make any sense at all because not only have we seen Mahomes doing great without him, but if Kingsbury like really developed him or made him better, Mahomes would have gone higher in the draft because he obviously had the talent to dominate more than he did at Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably taking the Rams this week. I uh, don't know exactly how high scoring it's going to get, but I think it's going to be at least 35, like it's going to be like 38, 37, and someone's going to win on a field goal. That's what I think is happening, but I'm taking the Rams. I got the Rams too. That defense is just worlds above a very talented Cardinals defense too, Um, but I think the Rams just on paper offensively and defensively are better than the Cardinals, and even from what we've seen so far too. I mean, blowing out the Buccaneers was – Nuts. Didn't see that coming. I nope. thought it would be a close game. I thought the Rams were going to win, but I did not expect them to win by as much as they did. Mm-hmm. The next game we'll talk about is the Ravens and Broncos. Two very different teams. The Ravens are missing a lot. Their run game is still struggling to start back up again. Um, while the Broncos are undefeated. Very true. I mean... The Broncos, I mean, they, again, a pretty tough or not tough schedule, that pretty cupcake schedule they've they've had. Um, and, you know, their defense really good with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb rushing the quarterback, and that their recreation on the no fly zone with Kyle Fuller and Bryce Callahan and Patrick Sertan back there. That secondary is I know so nuts. And um, and Justin Simmons, it's gonna be tough for Lamar Jackson to be able to run on that defense, but I think the Ravens can be able to pull this off. You know, I, I think last week. You know, keep keeping it close with the Lions. I think the Ravens will be able to, you know, come in, go into Denver and get get a good win. So, the Broncos definitely have played well so far, but beating the Jaguars, Giants, and Jets three team three teams that are combined zero of nine, while three and zero is impressive regardless of who you play. Like those three teams, like aren't anything special. So, I'll have to take the Ravens here, and I think that close showdown against the Lions is probably a wake up call for them. Yeah, uh, devastatingly for Broncos fans, I think the Ravens are going to come out and absolutely pummel them this week (laughs) and uh, bring them back down to reality. Like you said, they're playing against a team that's faced 0-9. All their opponents combined are 0-9. So you can't really judge the team based off of that, and the Ravens have had a lot better competition beating the Chiefs, obviously, so it's the Ravens this week. Honestly, I... Like the Broncos, even though I agree with the cupcake schedule, they haven't played anybody like of note. I think the 
Broncos are still a good team. They have Teddy at quarterback, game managing quarterback, what you need to do to win a game. And then they have that no fly zone defense, which is ridiculous. I mean, it's it's up there with like one of the best secondaries I've seen watching football in my time. And like the Broncos are still able to run the ball. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, they have weapons. They have what they need to win successfully throughout the season. And I do think they'll beat the Ravens this weekend. Games at home, it'll be loud atmosphere at mile high. I think it'll be a great game. Um, last game we'll pick this weekend is the Monday night game. Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, 3-0, playing the LA Chargers, who are 2-1. It's at SoFi. The Chargers are favored by three points. Let's hear it. Yeah, I'm probably going to go with the Chargers here. I just think Justin Herbert, you know, going into Kansas City, beating a Chiefs team that back-to-back AFC AFC titles, I think Justin Herbert is the real deal, and we all know that, obviously. And, you know, I think the Raiders, you know, were a pretty solid team, you know, with Derek Carr quarterback. Um, I just don't think the Raiders' defense is that good. So I will take the Chargers with Justin and Justin Herbert, so. I think the Chargers will win too. Um, they're how about the emergence of Mike Williams? Oh, Keenan yeah. Allen, st- Keenan Allen's still wide receiver one in that offense, but Mike Williams has four touchdowns, yeah, close to three hundred yards and twenty five receptions. Like he is balling out. He's a huge red zone target for Justin Herbert, having a great year after being so injury prone years prior. It's great to see him doing well after all of that, and I think that the Chargers are a scary team. They were a playoff pick for me going into the year, and I don't think that's changed based off what I've seen. If anything, it's just been strengthened by the win over the Chiefs and all of that. So I think the Chargers will get another win here. Yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert, by the end of this year, he's going to be, I think, a top-five quarterback. He had an insane year last year. He's going to keep playing well this year. Uh, For me, this game comes down to who's playing at home. I think if it was in Las Vegas, I'd probably go with the Raiders. But Chargers, they've looked great this year and they're at home this week monday night i'm taking la as someone who previously previously said they're disowning the jets i'm now bandwagging the raiders partly (laughs) because i like their logo and they've (laughs) have gotten off to a good start this year they beat baltimore week one went in on the road beat the steelers they're three and oh right now but the chargers are two and one they just went on the road and beat kansas city which is no small feat and Herbert's definitely one of the most talented QBs in the league. He's got the arm strength, the size, the speed. Like you said, he might be a top five QB very soon. And I definitely don't think that's a crazy thing to say. And partly because it's in LA, I'll have to go with the Chargers in this one. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of good games coming up this weekend. Good college football, good NFL. Make sure to tune in. For Jada Coster, Carson Athway, Carter Fry, I'm Manit Patel, and you have listened to Impact Sports Daily today. You've been listening to Impact Sports Daily. Our thanks to Impact's General Manager Jeremy Whiting, Station Manager Amber Kinevsky, and Programming Director McKenna Lowndes. For more, visit impact89fm.org/sports.